Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. And all without saying, I'm Kleider Erkentmann ob König oder Knecht, doch niemals Erkentmann ob Gut oder Schlecht. I'm Nick out on 40%German.com and I'm joined by my co-host, the Duke of Reichelsdorf, the lord of a small piece of toxic wasteland somewhere up in Scotland, his actual lordship, Simon Maddox. Hi, Lord Simon Maddox. How are you? Evening. I'm doing very fine. Thank you very much for finally recognising my title and addressing me in the appropriate manner. This has been going on for long enough. Episode 77 here. And we've talked about the Duke before, but we've never talked about his lordship. And that's the real shit right there. In fairness, the Duke thing was made up by, I think, me. So, or is it you? I can't remember. What's all this lordship malarkey about? I, I don't I don't feel comfortable. Do I have to tug my forelock and sort of bow and stuff? I mean, I'm not going to stop you. You're perfectly welcome to to tug away. <laughs> but, oh, 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 grim. Really, really grim. But yeah, I mean, it, it, this is one of the weird aspects of, of life in the UK, where I am legally a lord. Now, there are a couple of different ways, or a few different ways of getting a lordship, or a ladyship, depending on uh, how you roll. The first one is to marry someone who has inherited the parcel of land and gain the title through marriage. Sadly, my wife is not uh, an owner of massive swathes uh, of English land. So it wasn't that. Um, the other way you can purchase a parcel of land, I am not rich enough to be doing that either. You can have the title bestowed on you through the House of Commons. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a spare couple of million quid to get anything out of this current parliament. You're not the owner of a newspaper who needs to be assuaged by the, the government? Is that no, my dad wasn't a former KGB officer. The roads into uh, Westminster these days are a bit more blockaded than they have been for others and the fourth option is just to buy that shit lordship titles are available to buy on the internet and you get a nice little booklet you get a certificate that gives you the title and uh, you're a lord and you can have it on your driving license you can have it on your passport you can use it as you wish pretty weird we've missed out the most obvious thing you can do which is get a, like a band of of ruffians together and just like take the land like your sort of uh, medieval lord all I could think of when you were talking about lordship was that bit in Conan the Barbarian where <laughs> he's where he's asked what is best in life and Conan responds, to crush your enemies, to see them driven before you and to hear the lamentations of their women. I think that's the right way to go. That's the approach, right? Well, I, mean, I don't know. I, I got taught about just ad, uh, ad bellum when I was studying university. Uh, so starting a war without a, a justifiable reason would be pretty unlordmanship, I think. So, yeah. If you read anything about the Middle Ages, that's basically what they did. They were like, oi, you, it's our land now. <laughs> yeah, but I'm trying to be a modern lord. I don't want to be... What was the the phrase about hearing the cries of the women? Like I, I, I don't need that. Yeah, that's the way you hear the lamentations of the women. That's what Conan taught it's us. Did Conan Conan's not law. teach us enough? <laughs> Conan's law. God damn it! I mean, it's basically the law that governs Britain at the moment. So I mean, it can't be that that different. Mm. But I guess this plays into your new found and exciting hobby, which is apparently watching episodes of Downton Abbey. Yeah, that that that's happened. I've been I've been trying to not get into it. I've never assumed it's bad TV. Like it was, I think Michelle Obama had it, said it was her favourite show, and so it can't have been awful. But then my wife started watching Bridgerton. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Bridgerton. <laughs> I am familiar with both these TV series. I've never, yeah, I've not watched any Bridgerton. I, I've caught a few like glimpses of what it was out the corner of my eye. It was kind of confusing, but I was like, you can watch it whenever I'm podcasting. If I'm cooking, you can watch Bridgerton. That's fine. And then she finished that, and I was like, okay, let's give Downton Abbey a go. Uh, so now we're just uh, halfway through season two, I think, already after like 48 hours of starting it. So I'm very much in the in the vibe of being a lord at the moment. I haven't watched either show. My wife watches both of them. The Bridgerton thing, I was just like, I just shrugged and got on with it. It just seemed like it was um, like fan fiction come to life, essentially. It's someone who read a lot of Jane Austen and was just like, I'm going to write some fan fiction about Jane Austen where mm -hmm. we're going to play with all the different dynamics of race and and power, which... Uh, fine by me i don't care i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not a tory so i'm not gonna freak out about it. <laughs> you're not gonna start a culture war over this <laughs> i mean the amount of people that got angry about like a reimagining of like a period of history i'm just like get a grip really you really care that much anyway aside from that with with downton abbey my only experience of it is hearing the music of it which i admittedly think that the sound work on downton abbey is pretty solid the music on it's really good but i just have no 
real interest in watching watching that dirge to be honest it just it just looks like dirge to me the one thing i will say that has really surprised me about it is how often it's making me laugh like it's it's, it's <laughs> intentionally funny yeah yeah it's, it's it is funny even when they're dealing with like things surrounding the somme and the first world war and there is there's humor in every episode so far i didn't think i'd literally be lolling watching Downton abbey maybe it's because i'm british and i get all these jokes my wife's laughing as well so i guess it's not just it's universal comedy uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i wouldn't describe it at any point as a universal comedy uh, but there is comedy in yeah. downton abbey that was a surprise i didn't anticipate that coming there's, there's loads of laughs at passiondale on the in the first world war no um <laughs> i was laughing my ass off in the bit with ypres no the the thing I was thinking about with, with Downton Abbey was um, what I'd love to see is the uh, Russian Revolution version of it. Okay. Where, like, midway through, like, season four, the servants just um, collect their arms together and just murder all the, uh, all the, all the like, rich uh, family and uh, go joyriding in their Mercedes or whatever it is that they're driving. Well, they do address the, the, the Tsar uh, being taken in. Uh, under house arrest i think was how they described it and 30 seconds later that was the end of the russian revolution (laughs) (laughs) better not bring it up don't tell the servants about it what's that book you're reading that little red book you're reading (laughs) yes um yeah i just feel like it's a i don't know it's just not it's not made for you know when you know something's just not made for you to watch like this is for someone it's like all the marvel movies were not made for you no i i cannot stand that shit at all yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You like Downton Abbey. I like cool yeah. stuff. It's fine. You've got a master's in history, therefore you don't like Downton Abbey. I have an understanding of reality through philosophy, therefore I don't like Marvel. I don't think and- it's. I don't think it's anything to do with my education. Rather, than just like I have good taste and I like good things. <laughs> okay, okay, that's, that's all. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Are we going to have to put a a poll up? Who's got better taste on Twitter? See what what the audience thinks. Yeah, and if I lose that poll, I'm going to use the poll to beat you to death. (laughs) (laughs) Now, anyone who spent any time at all in Germany will know that it is a nation that is not necessarily too forward thinking in terms of technology. Faxes are still very much a thing here. And the idea that every citizen owns a printer is also still very much the mentality, at least of the government. One of the real benefits that we've had from COVID, as weird as it is to say, is that there's been a move from cash towards contactless payment. Of course, it is safer for everyone. It is easier for everyone. And so anyone who is in Germany will know that last week, things went horribly wrong with the German credit card and EC card uh, system. And suddenly we couldn't pay, had to use cash. So all these little Buddha and little shops in, in Berlin and cool cities were like, finally, we can take cash again. We don't need excuses. Uh, so Nick, did you face this issue yourself? Did you have to get out cash last week? I feel a bit stupid because I've spent most of the last two years sort of laughing at my wife because I'm like, everything's cashless now. Why do we even need cash? Mm-hmm. And she's been railing at the fact that I never walk around with money, mainly because we always end up going somewhere where they don't take cards. And then I'm just like, oh, sorry, I don't have any money. <laughs> so you can understand why she's pissed off. But the only time I encountered it was at Ela, the bakery this morning, and they they weren't the only okay. taking cash but everywhere else i've been yeah the supermarket raver was fine um i didn't even think about it at raver the, the, on, on on the weekend so it's not been a massive disruption it seems to be a more of a a northern disruption than a southern disruption i guess it does seem that way audi nord mm-hmm. has definitely had more of a problem than audi sud um yeah it happened to me at dm they got really hit hard right yeah yeah, yeah. And so my local dm had a sign outside the door big one dinard zwei a2 and then before you could get a basket, there was another paper sign. There were paper signs everywhere. And there were still people going to the till. And then these poor cashiers having to be like, sorry, cash only. And people just losing their shit, uh, being very aggressive mm-hmm. about how it's just obscene that you can't use a card and DM. Uh, so yeah, I felt very bad for a lot of the people working in these environments because, yeah, the customers can be pretty shitty when it comes to that kind of inconvenience. Uh, so yeah. 
shout out to the lovely people at DM for <laughs> having a crap time this week. I feel for you. Did you uh, did you see what might have been the possible cause for the for the issue? Did you see what the reason was? What I saw was that there was basically this one unit, Verifone H five thousand, uh, seems to be the root of the problem. This one unit, and the odd thing about it is that it was announced that it would be uh, end of life. Uh, for 2018 but continue to get support until 2023 um that's what the company said at least but obviously that hasn't happened uh, end of life has come more abruptly uh, than they had planned but new shops were still having these yeah. installed it, apparently it was an expired security certificate which is the most horse shit reason for something not that's like someone just filing some paperwork it's it's insane like it's really and it's so cuz because the whole like fax machine thing in Germany, the whole joke about that everyone's using faxes. Faxes are actually really secure. They're actually a really good way of transporting secure information because you can't hack into a fax, right? And no one would really even thinks think to do so. And if you access a fax, all you get is that fax. You don't get like a, an inbox. And I think I've said this a million times. So like I make fun of it because it's funny, but at the same time, it's not really like a massive negative. Um, this though is like archetype of german modernization which is we've modernized we've just failed to like do the paperwork or do anything properly and now this thing that we have doesn't work properly so it just just felt a really like this is a german tech error that only germany would make Mm. but apparently aldi nord has replaced all of their card readers (laughs) already yeah yeah that was why they're back in action Edeka's gonna do the same so uh this company's really taking a hit i think unless they've ordered the same the modern version from the same company i don't know <laughs> the h5001 <laughs> but it, it just yeah man it like it'd be nice if we could go through a year without germany really shitting the bed when it came to technology in the most like obvious way because they do they do love doing that there's always something there's always some device not working or you're you'll get a new job and they give you a laptop and it's like something out of like 1972 you know it's like the the first laptop it's bigger than your house you know it's like <laughs> it's portable i promise um we've got a we've got a punch card system here <laughs> <That's> very... <laughs> so like there is those aspects but i mean it just felt i felt sorry for the people working on it and i kind of felt sorry for germany it was just like so like yeah tech savvy germany looking really dumb yeah i mean it's not a great look internationally uh, obviously, German, Germany gets heralded around the world for being a modern nation. <laughs> and suddenly, when you're stuck with having to go to the cash point for the first time in months, some people won't have done it for maybe up to a year. I mean, I used cash when I first moved here exclusively for three years because I enjoyed the way it allowed me to control my finances. Mm-hmm. I gave myself pocket money and that was it. Whereas now I'm, I'm older and the bank balance is looking slightly more healthy. Uh, I love contactless. It makes me feel modern in the face of all those around me but yeah it's frustratingly simple for something like this to happen and for the whole country to go yeah that's 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 what's happening now but this it's reminds us of when i was back in britain because they had cashless payment everywhere in fact it was Mm -hmm. like i told you they weren't even taking cash it was the reverse like you went i I remember walking up to the coffee this coffee place and the person in front of me going do you take cash and them saying no and i was just like where the fuck am i (laughs) like what alternative weird world have i walked into that there's that's extreme i don't like either extreme i like the option to have both but like the convenience of just walking in somewhere and going to take card and it's a tiny village shop and they only sell like freshly baked loaves of bread and they're just like yeah of course we do we take apple pay yeah it's like if you did that in a bavarian village they would they would like hunt you down straw dog style and murder you you know and put you in a wicker man well, they would understand it as you were trying to pay with apples yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have a crate of apples how much pork can I get good we stuff? only take chickens here we only take goggler goggler <laughs> I remember going to a pub in Brixton in like 2018 and at that point I had an American credit card and because of it being an American credit card I had to sign for it and like the bar staff were just like why do you have to sign for it it's like this technology is literally like three years out of date where the bar stuff in Brixton were just like, whoa, he has to use a pen. Um, <laughs> it's just like the olden it, it days. Was, it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> they get out one of those uh, uh, carbon copying machines. <laughs> they run, run your card through it. That's the way forward. Well, I mean, talking about the olden days, oh. uh, that links us quite nicely uh, to our next topic. So, yeah, I guess we have to deal with the dead cat that's been thrown on the proverbial table 
in the UK for the the yearly announcement uh, that Britain is bringing back imperial measurements. Maybe. We will see. So, Nick, how do you feel about this wonderful forward-thinking approach to to reliving our history? What what I kind of like is the the transition I like here is that we're talking about a modern device in Germany that is not working because of a really obvious error, but at least there's a level of modernity there. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about Britain going like, well, fuck it, this really useful metric system that makes like working out distance and uh and measurements really simple well fuck that off let's go back to furlongs and chains and <laughs> gills and whatever the fuck else they've got it's the, oh man it's so stupid it's not i expect that shit from the tories mm-hmm. right? i expect it from boris johnson he's he's full of like shit ideas that'll never come to pass it's the way they're sort of his cheerleaders just pure get the horn like they yeah. get the horn straight away and they're like oh yeah it's a great idea the great pride we're having our british measurements and i'm like no one takes pride in the way you like fuck off like no one's excited by that there's no one sitting at home going ah oh, finally ah oh, we can talk about yards and feet yes it's like no like no one's thinking that it was someone online was saying like our, the the woke media um are always against the things that the, the average person likes and i looked at a, a poll that said something like 80 percent of britons when asked don't want to return to the imperial measuring hmm. system it just seems so i don't know it's just so fucking ridiculous there's a lot of there's a lot of swearing there so you can tell how passionate i am about this <laughs> well, i mean it's, it's one of those weird things that although we're complaining about it it has been a part of our lives as british people because before i moved to germany i had no idea how tall i was in centimeters none but i would measure a room or anything else in centimeters I didn't know how much I weighed in kilos until I moved to Germany. It was all in pounds and stones. So, like, we do all these weird things as British people using using these old imperial stuff. But, of course, they're talking about bringing it all back, which is hugely, hugely unhelpful because this stopped being taught, what, in mid-80s was the last time there were lessons in school on this measurement system? I feel like I started nursery and they were trying to teach us imperial measurement. I'll be honest, I don't understand the metric system or imperial measurements. I have no sense of distance. You could say a yard <laughs> or a metre and they're all the same to me. I have no understanding of centimetres, no understanding. I know that I'm six foot three, and I know that I'm, that equates to something like 194 centimeters, I think. But like, as, as it applies to me, I know my shoe size is a 47. <laughs> like, somebody wonder what else you want from me. See, mine is a 44 and two thirds, which I find just absolutely insane that that's the European measurement on it. Oh, God, that's giving me a headache already. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Uh, and yeah, I didn't know how to say two thirds in German for a long time. <laughs> so, so I, I figured what we could do to sort of highlight uh, how little we know of this. All right. Uh, the Guardian put a quiz out. Now oh. we both went to university. <laughs> Neither of us are stupid, I don't think. Uh, but let's find out how much we know about our heritage and the glory that is coming back. Oh Jesus Christ! I can't believe you're going to make ready? me do this. No, I'm really not. But it's happening. So let's let's do it. Okay. Well, apparently we're starting off easy. How many inches in a foot? Uh, 9, 12, 14, 16. So we've got to between 9, 12, 14, or 16. I'm going to go for the dumbest number, which I feel is, I don't know, 9, 9. Why not 9? Do you genuinely not know that? I, that, I generally don't. I generally, I will not know the answer to any of these questions. It is 12. Yeah, 12 it is 12 inches in a foot. So any, any answers I get right, I can't crow about because it is a pure guess. How many ounces in a pound? Um, 9, 12, 14, 16. Ounces in a pound. Uh, 14 it's 16 oh it's always one off oh well I guess lucky though how many pounds in a stone um 16 that's 14 <laughs> oh so close when you weigh something in pounds stones and ounces what's the correct abbreviation of pound is it LB PB or PD well I'd assume it's LB right it is it is LB yes I got one right I got the most obvious one right yes. now this was one of my thoughts when they announced this because LB uh, do you know what LB means? What it stands for? Because obviously it doesn't mean pounds. Large boy. Large boy. <laughs> that would be amazing. He is yeah. 200 large boys. <laughs> Lad big. <laughs> it's actually, it, it comes from Latin. Uh, it means Libra Pondo. Uh, so pound is Pondo. And Libra means a free pound. So this is my thought that these weirdos are bringing back pounds, which is like Latin, which is definitely a European element. So it's not really Brexit Britain. <sighs> But you know these old Etonians, they fucking love like pulling out a bit of ancient Greek or Latin. Yeah, that's like, how it got so. past, isn't it? Yeah, moggy and the like. It keeps the plebs, you know, from from getting above their station. They they can't use these dead languages and to show off. Next up, we have temperature. 
I lived in the US and everyone does Fahrenheit there and I still have no fucking idea. I know over 100 is hot. But which is warmer? 20 degrees Celsius or 68 degrees Fahrenheit? I'm, I'm going to go for the uh, the chaos answer of they are both roughly the same. <laughs> you are correct. They are both roughly the same. Good. <laughs> You've mentioned yards and furlongs. Yeah. Uh, so how many yards are in a furlong? Um, I mean, it could be any of these numbers. Any, like any of these numbers. So we've got 110, 220, 330 or 440. Why don't we say 330, eh? That's my guess as well. Oh, we're wrong. It's 220 yards in a furlong. Oh, this is a good German question. It's about sausages. Yeah, exactly. So... If you're ordering sausages, how many grams are there in a pound? 250, 350, 450, or 550? How many grams are in a pound? Uh, yeah. Isn't it something like 450? That's correct. It is 450 grams. 454 grams, oh, right, to okay. be precise. Yeah, because that makes just loads of sense. You can see that system totally working and making loads of sense. Yeah, yeah. Easy transferal. 454 grams multiplied by two plus the yeah how many gallons are in a peck have you heard of a peck no, before no. i don't know what a peck is either is it a gregory uh, no um <laughs> I don't know what, the, what is that man like i don't know 12 let's say 12 okay. yeah i'm gonna guess six. Oh, two two gallons the two peck two gallons in a peck and there are various numbers of pecks in a bushel apparently Honestly. depending on where you live and what you're measuring so that's massively helpful if we're going back to pecks and bushels like let's just go back to an agrarian economy and just have done with it we demolish all the industry we all just trade in in like like for like options everyone just live in like a, a muddy hovel well I'm, yeah i mean there's a lot of for- farmland that's going to be empty soon with uh, <laughs> the farmers not being able to farm it uh, so we'll finish with one happy one beer what's more four pints or three liters of beer four pints three liters mate is it yeah yeah three liters is 5.2 pints oh well there we go it's good though that i live in a country where there's no real need for me to understand this and these ridiculous like fantasy measurements that they've created it does feel that way doesn't it it feels like something i have a sci- uh, like a, a fantasy novel you're absolutely right like lord of the rings they're all talking about this stuff yeah fuck it i, I honestly I, I don't i don't i don't care and this is what people really want to do like no i mean i don't i don't care if people want to have like a pint or a liter of beer i don't honestly give a rat's monkeys although it does appear three liters is definitely better than a pint but i just don't get why why anyone would want it or why anyone would celebrate it with any desire i feel a bit sorry for britain as it sort of slowly descends into obscurity with its ridiculous sort of choices that it's making so it is it's a little embarrassing for sure it's embarrassing for them it's not embarrassing for me because i can just wander in with my german citizenship and just be like this is nicked my land <laughs> <laughs> yeah how do you say houten in a german my, accent? <laughs> my name is klaus von houtenberg yeah and uh okay yeah. that's the way i'll go with it but it's not all doom and gloom in the land of brexit isn't it uh, no it's not there is there's good news anyone that follows british politics will have have met the uh, the interesting character that is Jacob Rees Mogg, um, and of course Moggy. Don't call him fucking Moggy. Don't make him cute. He's a he's okay. a he's a horrible prick. Like he is a, a, a piece of of all sorts of horribleness, uh, and the very worst <laughs> that Britain has to offer. Really is. But he is in charge of Brexit benefits. I think he's got some incredibly obnoxious title now, and so he actually approached the public via I think the Sun newspaper and asked for suggestions on the kind of red tape that Brexit should allow them to throw away in the dumpster fire of EU legislation and welcome in the sunny uplands of Brexit Britain. 2,000 of these suggestions were deemed good enough to be considered, uh, and now he has released the top nine. Because any time you're doing a, t- a list, top nine, of course. You don't You do not do ten. Ten's just showy. There's two things I would say here. First and foremost, there's no way... 2,000 people sent in 2,000 ideas. I reckon there's one bloke in his pants (laughs) just scribbling on a bit of paper. He's not even got a pencil. He's got a crayon, just a big crayon. um, And he's just writing, not even in cursive. It's just going to be block capitals. That's where this comes from. This comes from the mind of an insane person. Because who the fuck chooses nine? It does suggest they didn't have 2,000. They had nine. (laughs) (laughs) Nine options. And this is what they've got. All right. Tell me what the public said would be the number one thing, Simon. Well, of course, the number one thing that everyone is worried about 
is fracking. <laughs> so number one is encourage fracking uh, and shortcut rules on planning consultation via the Emergency Act. There's no one saying fracking. There's no exactly. one said that. No, I, I think thousands of people would be like, this planning permission thing, oh, we've had enough of this. I really want some fracking. That's what I want. <laughs> like, you know you know who it is, right? You know who it is. It'll be someone who donated to the, the Tory party who phoned him up mm-hmm. and went, I think fracking should be number one. He's like, yes, sir. No no yep. problem, sir. Okay, sir. It's absolutely miserable that that's the first thing they can come up with. Something that is established as being detrimental to the environment and dangerous. It causes fucking earthquakes, man. Like, that's that's yeah. what it does. When you fire a highly powered jet of water into the Earth's crust, I don't think good things are going to happen. Like, that's just my understanding of the rudimentaries of fracking, is that you probably don't want to do that. And it's it's even too much for most American states. Yeah, when it's, when it's too much for the, some American states, there's no reason why Britain should be doing it. Like if the Americans have gone, mm, this may be the bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a bit risky, there, bud. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll do something that's not as dangerous. Number two, abolish the EU regulations that restrict vacuum cleaner power to 1,400 watts. Why didn't they put that on the side of a fucking bus? <laughs> with james dyson's face <laughs> i mean it sounds like james dyson phoned up and said this is what i would like but it, yeah yeah who wants that who's like looking at the vacuum cleaner going you know what this could be this could be 2000 watts it's like what the fuck it's like not even a concern for people it's just they've chosen an eu regulation they can get rid of really easily yeah they? this exists therefore we can delete yeah. it it's, it's really no, when I talk to my friends and family back in the UK, nobody has ever gone. <laughs> vacuum cleaners used to be so much better in the 70s. <laughs> I bet they weren't. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Okay, go on. Give me number three. Number three, remove precautionary principal restrictions, for instance, on early use of experimental treatments for seriously ill patients and GM crops. I think when you have a sentence that includes experimental treatment for patients and crops, that's not necessarily fantastic news for safeguards yeah. for people or crops. I like the idea of doing that. I think it's probably good. Part of me wonders, was the EU really ever blocking that anyway? But um, my other thought is, is this the government you want to do that? Are you, is, you want this government to be the ones who introduce GM <laughs> crops uh, nationally? Because let's be honest, they're not, they're not the most detail-orientated bunch, are they? We end up with the next super plague because Britain introduced gm crops and didn't really consider the impact on the environment <laughs> i have a feeling it might go badly well i mean this whole thing like there's been a lot of focus on chlorinated chicken is one of the examples of one of the big things that we could get from the u.s in terms of food standards people point out that it's not what general public wants uh, but then the government just say oh we're just uh, providing choice and i think that's of course an issue um when the choice is to eat stuff that could potentially be dangerous for you could potentially cause all sorts of unknown things down the line it seems very harsh on again the poor being targeted primarily with this uh, people in waitrose aren't going to be buying gm uh, tomatoes anytime soon i mean let's be honest boris johnson looks like he might have like a twin brother that they kept in the attic he looks like that kind <laughs> of guy right he seems like the kind of guy who forgot about his sibling in the attic and and is and now going to wreak havoc ringing the bells of big ben or something like that so i don't feel like he's the kind of guy to trust with gm crops but what do i know right well next up we've got transport of course being a big issue post brexit lorry drivers are needed urgently and so the government has decided instead of training people or getting new people in they're going to abolish the rules around the size of vans that need an operator's license yeah sure great great idea let's make it less safe yeah so let's everyone just hop in you've done your driving test get in a 20 ton articulated lorry (laughs) dover's that way good luck it's madness. It's insane. It's just going to be carnage on the motorways, isn't it? Well, what a benefit. Yeah. Again. Next benefit Great. for you. Uh, they abolish the EU limits on electrical power levels of electrically assisted pedal cycles. Well... Yeah. great massive life-changing benefit there that was worth wreaking the political fabric of, of britain asunder so that we could have faster electrically assisted pedal bikes well i mean i guess faster bikes means more accidents is my guess uh, so luckily number six helps us there um 
allow certain medical professionals such as pharmacists and paramedics to qualify in three years. Yeah, sure, make it easier for them. Yeah. Do you remember when they made that rule about like letting soldiers become teachers quicker because there would be more disciplinary? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. No discipline. Um, I mean, yeah, that's it. What I want is a paramedic who, like, I get hit by one of these electrically assisted pedal cycles and then fall into the road and get hit again by someone who didn't really complete their license for an articulated truck and then the paramedic to turn up and go you know what i didn't get all the training on this <laughs> you're like oh shit what's going on yeah well, luckily they'll be equipped with their own super powered vacuum cleaner to clean up any <laughs> Just... debris around you so you'll be safe from any any glass or anything i thought you were going to tell me they were going to ride to the accident on their super powered vacuum cleaners that's the new ambulances <laughs> the dyson jetpack is going to be number 10 <laughs> Oh, dear. Keep it coming. Go on, what's the next one? Uh, number seven, remove requirements for agency workers to have all the attributes of permanent employees. There's no one There's no one who's asked for that. There's no one who's nope. a normal person who's gone, yes, I'd like to have my uh, employment less secure, please. Yes, that's what I... Life's boring. I need some danger. <laughs> Can I, I want to be sacked without any notice whatsoever. Uh, number eight, simplify the calculation of holiday pay. Uh, to make it easier for businesses to operate. So they're just going to make it less, right? That's the- yes, they're going to make it less, yes. And finally, number nine, the big one, reduce requirements for businesses to conduct fixed wire testing and portable application testing. I don't What the fuck do you say to that? <laughs> what does that even mean? I think call the fire brigade. That's, that's what I'm reading into it. There's going to be more fires when fixed wire testing isn't done. So there they have it. That's That's Brexit. Those, those are the benefits. So we had Brexit in 2016. None of these things were mentioned pre-Brexit. And it's taken them up until 2022 to release a list of nine things. Yeah. They aren't £350 million for the NHS. Oh, no, they're not, no. Britain holding all the cards. They aren't Britain able to become this uh, Empire 2.0. Yeah, I just feel like this is exactly what we expected to happen. Not A list of nine things that are generally quite shit. Just a, yeah. bit, a bit shit. Um Rule Britannia, eh? Okay, party people, the party is coming, the big weekend is dropping, if you're British you are staring down the barrel of a monster long weekend because it is 2022 and Her Majesty the Queen is going to become the first British monarch to celebrate a platinum jubilee after 70 years of service. Uh, So this has meant that bunting abounds, flags are draped and all sorts of parties are planned all over the nation as well as a bonus public holiday. Pretty exciting if you are into that sort of thing. Uh, If you're not, then it's an extra day off and you're hoping that it's going to rain so that everyone has a slightly shit royal party. The best comment I've seen on this is someone who said, all the Jubilee means to me is an extra lie-in. And I was like, that Mm -hmm. is the British way to do it. I'm just going to lie in and not really pay attention to all this other stuff that's happened. Yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are finding it's quite a lot of pressure if you live on a street where you have some royalist do-gooder who's organizing an event that you're supposed to partake in to like show your pride in the nation that can be really challenging if you don't support the monarchy uh it can be alienating and it can cause all sorts of issues so yeah i I think people need to chill out a little bit um but of course there are big (laughs) activities the british need to chill out no not at all they've got nine nine valuable things that are coming with brexit they've got a lot to celebrate you know exactly parties for vacuum cleaners um so i don't know how much you've read about what's actually happening uh, across the uk to celebrate it but so i thought i'd let you know um 
the headline I've got here from this is from the government's official website uh, on their section on UK wide plans for public to celebrate Platinum Jubilee. Uh, big screens are going to be up. You can watch Jubilee events in the squares of towns up and down the nation. Won't be like watching the World Cup. But anyway, there are more than 70,000 what they're calling big lunches and events planned across the country that include colour a corgi. Uh, so children get to really celebrate Her Majesty's service by colouring oh, in a dog. This is hurting my head. Oh, what the fuck is a big lunch, man? Like, what is it? I don't understand. What is that? What? Oh. Why would you want to colour in a corgi? Why is that something that's attractive to people? <laughs> oh, man. I've, I hate this so much. I really hate it. Like, what the fuck is a big lunch? Yeah, so the big lunch... Uh, <laughs> sorry it's 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 kind of cute this is the problem with it all from afar it feels cute and quaint um so they're all planned all over the nation 10 million people uh, are currently expected to sit down with their neighbors on sunday 5th of june to celebrate what's been called a momentous uh, jubilee and the screens are being provided by the department for digital culture media and sports and fans of british politics will know that's nadine dorries's uh, department it's gonna be a fucking disaster if she's in charge the screens are gonna explode they'll be made of what will be will be someone's bed sheet and their uncle's old projector <laughs> that'll be the setup one other thing uh, they've done is the government has spent 12 million pounds uh, on producing a book about the queen that's been given to every child and this means of course that families with multiple children now have multiple books <laughs> about the queen uh at uh, the cost of the taxpayer what the f- like honestly right what the fuck right <laughs> i was walking home today i'm so it's so annoying right i was walking home today and i was like can you think and uh, and you tell me can you tell me a single achievement that the queen has done in the time that she's been queen like a single thing that you're like yep that was because the queen did it she did that no not really. No. Exactly, right? Right? I, and I was like, I, I've I studied fucking history, right? I know about the Queen. I know about the royal family, right? I can't think of a single fucking thing that the royal family, or the Queen specifically, has done in a, a time that would warrant us spending this much money and this much time celebrating her reign, right? And And so I was like, well, I'll Google it. I'll Google it, and I'm sure I'll find a vast amount of articles telling me exactly what were the achievements of the Queen. You know what I found, right? I found a list of things that are attributed to the Queen, but aren't actually... Like, there's loads of articles that are basically like, the Queen has no official power, (laughs) but she's responsible for forming the Commonwealth. And I'm like, no, she's just the head of the Commonwealth. It's not like she was in negotiations. Uh, My favourite one is, her service in World War II. Like, don't give me that shit, right? I'm sorry, like, don't give me... Don't give me that shit. She was next in line to the throne. She wasn't fighting on the fucking D-Day beaches, right? Come on. Like, it wasn't... Like, and there was there was millions of people who did exactly the same as she did, but we're not throwing a big fucking party for them, are we? We're not throwing a big party for Mildred down the road who used to fucking deliver milk during the Blitz. Like, let's get a grip. <laughs> There's the next one. This is this is from a list from grunge.com. So I appreciate grunge.com isn't well known for its selection of excellent lists. It's royal coverage. But, but this is give you a sense of exactly what it is, right? The stability she brought right? She is the head of state. She has no fucking power, right? She can't bring stability by just sitting in a fucking golden chair, right? The government's brought stability, not her. And it's just a few, they actually illustrate the image with her sitting in front of a golden piano. And I'm just like, I want to smash my face off a table. She guided the transformation to a commonwealth. No, she fucking didn't, because she's the figurehead. She didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) She modernized the monarchy. What does that mean? What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. Oh. She made she made the succession more equitable. No, Parliament did that by an act of fucking Parliament. Ah! I'm just like losing my mind. Right, as far as I'm aware, right, the Queen's major achievements, these are the, the major achievements in my mind, right? Oh, yeah, sorry. She was the first British monarch to address Congress. Big whoop. Right, well done. Right. If she'd gone to Congress 
and then declared it was still a British colony and recaptured America for the British oh, state. Oh. Then maybe we could call that an achievement, right? If she'd just like ripped off a dress and she was like a robot fucking warrior and had taken over Congress, then I'd be like, yeah, it's an achievement. Fair enough. She didn't. She just gave a fucking speech. That's what she does. She opens supermarkets. She gives speeches and she waves condescendingly from balconies. That's her job all the way around, <laughs> right? Um, she visited the Republic of Ireland in 2011 for the first time. In 2011, right? She would have been queen since the 50s. Like, what was like? What's the celebration? Part of me is like, if I lived in Britain, what I'd be thinking is, isn't it great? I've got a bank holiday, and I'm gonna go get pissed. That's the majority of people are gonna do is go and enjoy a piss up, and then they're probably not gonna think of the queen, except for these 10 million people having whatever a big lunch is. That's (laughs) that's what it is. I just I just don't I don't get it. I don't get why people would get that excited. Uh, she's 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 lived a long time she should live a long time she's on fucking booper let's be honest <laughs> have you seen the hospitals the queen goes to she's not going to uh she's not going to the the royal victoria infirmary in newcastle mate she's going to like a really nice private hospital that's why they get to live so long that and all the virgin's blood that they drink i mean um the uh... <laughs> yeah it just it drives me nuts like what yeah, what do you think? You, are you like a little bit of a royalist? No, got a little not bit? really. I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of agnostic about the whole thing. If there was a, a referendum on it tomorrow, I, I wouldn't bother to vote. It doesn't do anything to me. But one of the things that I, I am connected to through this is that the school I went to was created by royal charter. And so there is a part of me that has uh, an affection for what the monarchy is capable of doing because I really benefited from that. And so, I mean, obviously that's not an everyday occurrence and there aren't a huge amount of schools greater than this institution, but my school was, was founded in 1552 by Edward VI and the process was begun by his father, Henry VIII. When you have that kind of connection that the school I went to was income assessed. And so although it's a private school with incredible facilities beautiful architecture and a crazy ass uniform not everyone there was like the etonian parents forking out like 25 30 grand a year for their children's Mm. education like i really benefited from that like if i hadn't got into that school i would have gone to a, a, a bog standard state school paid for by the government and so there is a part of me that has a lot of i'm not sure if i call it love or respect or affection for the fact that without the monarchy my education would have been very very different and that has definitely shaped who I am today. So yeah, I definitely give a shout out to Christ Hospital School in Horsham because that that is something special that came back through the monarchy. But when you point out that, uh, to ask me like, what's Queen Elizabeth done? Like, I tried. I wasn't just pretending for the sake of the podcast. I genuinely tried to think of something, and nothing came to my mind. I can live with like Edward the Sixth. I can live with Henry the Eighth. Had lots of wives. Began the Reformation. I can understand Elizabeth the First was in power when the Spanish Armada um, attacked Britain. I can deal with all these like things that monarchs have actually done. Like I can understand. Like talking about Edward the Sixth. Fine. It was in the 1500s. It's 2020. It's 20 fucking 22, mm-hmm. man. We're like celebrating this person who hasn't really done much. And actually, I saw a tweet today that um, I fell over laughter with laughter when I read it because it was exactly what I was thinking. Was uh, this is from Beth Day at Beth Danger, and it was it's Jubilee Week. Let's have a thread of our favourite things the Queen has done. I'll start. She negotiated clauses in the Equality and Diversity Act so she wouldn't have to hire coloured or foreign workers in the palace. Yeah. These clauses remain in place to this day. And you're like, yeah, that's that's it. Like that that's it. That's what it is. It's entrenched privilege. And like we're celebrating someone whose job it is to open supermarkets and like wave. I'm sure the Queen's lovely, right? I'm sure she's like everyone's favourite nan. Right, <laughs> great. Right. I can live with that. It's the people, the fawning ten million who apparently are having their big lunches to celebrate her uh, her reign, or the people who talk about her with such glowing prose, or like the royal correspondents mm. who sort of try and decipher what they're thinking from like the edges of their 
the 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 food they left on the plate, you know. And it just seems a little bit like get, get a grip, like get a fucking better hobby, get a better hobby than like stroking your legs in front of like the royalty and de- demanding someone rule over you. You know, it's like it just seems really just really outdated. It is, it is. Of course, it's outdated. But for me, there's kind of it's kind of harmless as well. I don't really have a problem with it. My granddad was a big royalist, like in his bedroom on his uh, sort of dresser, there was a photo of him and his wife and the other photo on there was with him and Prince Charles. And he looked so much happier to be next to Prince Charles in the photo. It was mad. And that sort of, yeah, that was p- pushed onto me that I should respect the monarchy and the royal family. The only thing that I've seen in the Jubilee preparations that made me feel that it had gone way too far like the bunting on Oxford Street and all that kind of stuff, fine, go for it. If if that makes you feel yeah. proud of your nation, do it. I don't I don't care. But for me, seeing Stonehenge being lit up and illuminated with like projections of the Queen seemed like the most just unnecessary and like who greenlit that project? We have Stonehenge, which is what four and a half thousand years old. Like it's one of the few things in the country you can look at and be like, that's got no connection to the monarchy whatsoever. And someone's just been like, yeah, let's just let's fucking broadcast the Queen onto it. It's just mm-hmm. so insensitive. Obviously, the number of p- active pagans in the UK is relatively low. <laughs> but still, these people have had what is effectively a sacred site desecrated by a fucking woman in, in like different shades of like pastel suits. It's just obscene. Yeah. And that's the only yeah. thing I was like, who the fuck thinks this is a good idea of how to commemorate 70 years? It's just madness. It's because ultimately the monarchy is a shit idea, and <laughs> even shitter, even shitter than that is like how British people celebrate it. It's so, it is just horseshit. It's like, oh, let's have let's have a street party with the neighbours that we fucking hate. <laughs> yeah, we'll just eat we'll eat bland beige buffets of like the most unimaginative food, except for the vegan family that bring like something wrapped in I don't know leaves of some description that aspect like all these people who passively hate each other but actually are pretending that they're all like a community together mm. or like there's that shit it's like that stuff that i hate but it's all the twee celebrations like i was listening to, as, as listening to something about how what they're going to do for the um the pageant right and it sounds like the horsiest horse shit mm-hmm. event right there'll probably be like a 21 corgi salute right but there's also like primary school kids with like flags that are representative of all the things that they think they hope for for the future and i was like i hope there's one like pure punk kid who's just got a flag that says (laughs) down with the monarchy or something (laughs) on it but anyway there's going to be pensioners dressed as flamingos or something like that i don't know like it's just so mind-bogglingly dumb there's going to be about a thousand spitfires and and, and fucking flying fortresses flying over mm. Buckingham Palace because because all we have are like what did we well, how did we celebrate the end of the Second World War mm. right we'll just do that again we did it for remember VE Day celebrations in the early nineties yeah, yeah. like, I remember all that. it was just the same shit over and over again it's like there's nothing exciting about it it's not like the olympics in 2012 that was actually turned out to be quite an amazing thing it's not going to be that oh yeah and Ed Sheeran singing fucking God Save the Queen like come on. Like sell out. That's just they're just like Stormzy singing "God Save the Queen." Fucking love it. I'd love it. That would be mint. Nah, it's not Stormzy though. It's fucking Ed Sheeran, right? And they've also got like there was other things. We got we got open top buses with celebrities dressed in period costume. Why? Why? <laughs> why is that a thing? Alan Titchmarsh dressed as a Tudor. Of course, it's going to be there, and it's just like, why? Why are you doing this? Like, what is the point? And it's I don't know. It's just if, as cynical as I know British people can be, and they were sarcastic. It's the earnestness that I think I find most offensive because earnestness is mm. not an aspect of British personality that you see very often. I think there's that side of it, and also that you're just going to get loads of interviews with deluded Americans who've come over to see the Jubilee. I say, like, I've travelled for seventy five days to get here um <laughs> i'm come from texas and you're like why did you you got rid of the monarchy you should be happy about this why did you come and why have you come back you fools i suppose the one thing i would say the monarchy that, that has given us that is good is coronation chicken i suppose having a monarchy for this long has really brought it to that point where i do like a coronation chicken sandwich so i mean i do i love a coronation chicken it's really good do you have raisins in yours yeah of course what kind of philistine do you think i am uh, some people have moved on from the raisins it's a tragedy so what do we what do you eat 
for this big lunch then what's the choices well i mean yeah this was sort of the question i was going to pose to you like what would you suggest for starters maize and desserts if you wanted to pay homage to her queeniness i guess for me it would just be one large course of humble pie i suppose (laughs) Uh, but for for anyone else i don't know what's a really british starter prawn cocktail that's probably the most british starter it's a solid shout it's it's a really good shout if we're gonna go look in the past the prawn cocktail sauce which is just mayonnaise and ketchup mixed together uh, exactly bang done And if you don't have prawn cocktail to hand, prawn cocktail walkers. They would do <laughs> I was also thinking sausage roll. You've got to have the beige buffet. One of the classic 80s starters, of course, is <laughs> melon with serrano ham. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Someone went yeah. to Italy but didn't quite understand the recipe you know like it's (laughs) we still have that every christmas at my house i think it was my granddad's wish and we've just like carried it on and post his death hey you've just got you've got to do those those weird family things yeah it's not that bad actually when it comes down to it i like melon i like ham they just about work together (laughs) (laughs) just about okay so what's the main i guess the main has to be a curry right i mean if you're going to do something that's like british and representative of of that that period of post-colonial england yeah vindaloo i mean yeah why not get the kids involved vindaloo for everyone (laughs) look i've got a small child and i have to change on a regular basis and i'm not giving (laughs) that fucking child a vindaloo i don't hate myself or my wife enough although i think she's going to the parents-in-law at the weekend we'll do it on friday give it give give it 24 hours to gestate Um, four nappies at a time (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just it's just going to be a fire hose <laughs> i guess there's that or like a roast dinner like i was thinking like a toby carvery like the worst kind Ooh, yeah the worst possible <laughs> roast yes please <laughs> with like desiccated um roast potatoes that's what you want mm-hmm. then but what's the dessert there's so many spotted dick i mean spotted dick's the funniest one so i guess that's like that's worth a shout but i mean i guess you gotta do a trifle Ooh trifle solid choice yeah how, how are you making your trifle yeah describe it to me in lurid detail you're saying like that like you think i'm a person who's actually made a trifle like i haven't you've eat- never made a trifle no i've never made a trifle no i was born in 84 like i've had trifles given to me by relatives who are now deceased but no one no one i know who's alive so much trifle do you all eat trifle up north still yeah 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 I remember beautiful, beautiful sun-kissed days in in, 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 in at university, buying a whole trifle and eating it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive. I don't regret those days. I couldn't do it now. It would kill me. So your basics, it's layers, right? So yeah. this would be the perfect scenario. You've got to include the, the, the creepiest of all ingredients, which are ladyfingers. <laughs> so creepy. They're, they're creepy to look at. They're creepy to eat. They're just creepily named. They're a creepy ingredient. You put them in the bottom, and I guess then you, if you're feeling sort of a bit spicy, you might put some booze in there. Okay. So I, I guess a nice mix of maybe sherry or port or something you could put in mm-hmm. there. You've got to let them soak for a bit mm-hmm. so they become a bit funky. I don't know. Depending on how you do it, I would have a sponge element of some kind. Okay. And then maybe some fruit. I'm not a big fruit guy, but you could have some fruit after that. And then it's just custard cream, custard cream all the way up to the, jelly? the top of the Is bowl. jelly feature as um, well? You could if you want the jelly. I suppose you could have that instead of the sponge. It's up to you, really. Okay. But those would be the, the key core ingredients. But as long as you've got a good custard to ladyfinger ratio, which, by the way, is the dis- most disgusting sentence we've ever said. <laughs> that sounds pretty filthy. <laughs> right. Um, but you need that would be the, the process. The, only, the last trifle I had was made by my grandma, who was, uh, who was diabetic, and so she couldn't eat any of this stuff. And so she, yeah, she would just like, <laughs> oh, she would eat it through us, and like she'd watch you eat it with just the the highest level of joy joy. it was really it was beautiful to watch but because she wanted the sugar she'd go crazy with how much sugar it was in it so it was always sweet as hell bless her rest her soul it was it was good sugary trifle i'm gonna celebrate the pointlessness of the jubilee by making myself a nice trifle oh yeah and then and then just eating it all on my own crying (laughs) crying about the state of britain (laughs) god save the queen topless in your garden in front of the neighbors <laughs> what's nick doing that's the jubilee don't worry it's, uh, it always hits him hard you know when you when there's a major celebration in britain and he's not there to see it. <laughs> 
Boris Becker update. We're back, baby. There's Boris o'clock, and we have an update. The German press is still covering this story quite a lot. The British press has sort of faded away from it. Um, but we have had the news today, uh, keine Berufung gegen seine Freiheitsstrafe, um, which means that Boris is not going to appeal against his sentence. Of course, this was a possibility that he would appeal his two and a half years in prison, um, but he has decided that he's going to accept his sentence, making life a little bit easier for him. The other news we have is that Boris has now been moved out of his initial prison, which was the the infamous Wandsworth prison, uh, which is a pretty unideal place uh, to start your time in prison. He's now in a category C prison, which is the lowest level of security uh, in Her Majesty's prison, Huntercombe, uh, which is in uh, Oxfordshire. So a slightly nicer scenery for him. Uh, but it does also mean that he has now been moved into a prison, which has highlighted that he's going to be deported. Uh, once he has served his sentence so we don't know if he's going to appeal that element if he'll appeal his deportation from the uk he's in a better place now that's for sure but we don't know what's going to happen to him still so the boris boris becker update is still required i suppose there's nothing he can really do about it they've gotten banked the rights and they have the right to deport him as a foreign criminal it's a bit extreme Everyone has to be treated the same i suppose but we were debating whether he had british citizenship mm. i'm still surprised he doesn't I'm kind of amazed he doesn't have British citizenship, but I guess he just didn't think it was that important. I don't know whether he can come back either. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what will happen to him, but it, it does seem like it's a missed opportunity for him because there is now, post-Brexit, there's a change in legislation where a European bank is no longer able to automatically seize funds in a British bank. and it has to be done in a different way than it could have been done six years ago. Uh, so if Boris had done British citizenship and stashed all his cash in the UK... He would have still faced charges in the UK, but he would have avoided the chance of having his money seized by European banks uh, and European investigators. So, yeah, we're not sure. It might all come out that he's done this on the sly and he's like, aha, I'm British, you can't touch this cash. Um, but, yeah, we're still waiting for that particular update. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we're waiting. See, I saw someone had done an artist's depiction of him in prison and it might be the most depressing image I've ever seen. It was so depressing. But, like, prison is pretty... I would have thought, wouldn't it be better to be like I've seen the neck of German prisons, like the low, the minimum security ones. They seem quite pleasant. I don't want to go to one, but they do seem quite pleasant in comparison to the, your average British uh, locker. Yeah, for sure. I'd rather be imprisoned here than back home. I mean, where he is now it could be a relatively modern one. Don't know, but Wandsworth is a Victorian prison. It would be absolutely grim on the inside, especially. It's not sweden or finland where they have very very nice approaches to to imprisonment have you have you seen um the episode have you ever watched atlanta the tv show no i haven't with, no um childish gambino right mm -hmm. and uh there's a bit where i mean one of the characters is like a becomes a famous rapper <clears throat> and he gets arrested in the netherlands and he's sitting in his room and the 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 uh and he's looking at a piece of paper and the guard comes in and he goes excuse me sir um what would you like for lunch and he's like oh well i'll have the uh, i'll have the salmon and then he's have like dessert and he's like um what's all that noise outside and he's like oh it's uh protesters hoping that you'll be released um actually you're going to be released this afternoon and he's like oh, okay then well i'm, I'm just gonna have a nap if that's okay <laughs> and he's like should i turn the light off and he's like yeah yeah no just turn the light off and he turns the light off and like leaves him to it and it just was like yeah that's probably what um most Americans would consider a European prison, but certainly much, much nicer than the average sort of uh, facility that you have in the US, mm. like supermax prisons. But um, I mean, I've just seen some images of of uh, the prison that, that Boris Beck is in. It doesn't look that nice. I mean, it still looks very prisony. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's probably, there's a guy with lots of FHM, FHM cutouts on his wall, so that's probably quite nice. Um, but apparently, apparently, this is apparently he's in the same prison as Rudolf Hess. Oh, okay, yeah. So, well, not obviously at the same time Rudolf Hess died, died a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, he isn't still knocking about the corridors. We forgot about Hess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the, the lesser known uh, uh, Eminem track. Um, yes, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It does seem to be going from bad to worse for 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 Mister Becker. But again, I'm I'm not. I don't have a vast well of sympathy for him. He did uh, he did cheat the tax man. And then again, maybe if he just donated more money to the Tory party, he probably would have got away with it scot-free. If he owned a newspaper, you know, he'd been fine. 
<laughs> one nice thing that Huntercombe does have as a prison is their welcome sign is in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different languages, uh, <laughs> showing that <laughs> multicultural Britain it's, at its best. Yeah, it's got Thai, got Arabic, got Polish. Um, so yeah, oh. I say multicultural Britain, global Britain. Yeah, looking forward to locking up, <laughs> locking up crims. That was your Boris Becker update. <laughs> Hello, Zutzamen. Grüß Gott. Oh, that's weird, Simon. You're not usually here. What, what are you doing? You're bursting in on my... Just roll with it. Come on. Okay, well, you know how this bit goes, because you've definitely done it before. Yeah. Uh, it's the bit where we say thank you to the listener. Thank you, listener, yeah. for downloading and listening to Decades From Home, but you've reached the end of the show. Thanks for listening, and uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on iTunes, which only takes a minute and can really help us. You can also give us some star ratings on Spotify, uh, chuck us some stars in that direction or you can follow us on apple podcast or on google podcast app simon help me here what the what's the google podcast app called is it just called google podcast google cast yeah i feel i feel like this is a real <laughs> blind spot for both of us right uh, retweet us or share a link or post with the hashtag decades from home all lowercase on twitter or instagram you can also go and find close mit sauce mm-hmm. uh uh, benevolent DJ. Uh, Bavarian Bavarian techno DJ who has happily and nicely provided us with a new theme song. You can find him on Instagram and on YouTube. Just search for close double S mit so double S and you will find his shenanigans, shall we say. Yeah, <laughs> shenanigans is a good word. Find his shenanigans yeah. on online. If you feel so inclined, you can also support the podcast by going to ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com forward slash decades from home, where you can allow Nick to get his dream pair of Lederhosen. Uh, every little helps. <laughs> and if we do get there... The Twitter would just become a series of photos of Nick's lovely thighs all wrapped in leather. <laughs> yeah, that's all that any listener mm. has ever wanted. My leather-wrapped thighs. <laughs> On a more serious front, we're continuing the po- to post links to support Ukraine and the millions of refugees fleeing the war in Ukraine. Uh, if you would prefer to give uh, money to a much more worthy cause than the podcast, please do it through one of these links. If you have some time, uh, take a look. And if possible donate to support them as ever if you do have any questions any feedback or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover you can tweet me simon on at decades from home on twitter and you can get nick at 40 percent german you can also reach us on 40 percent german at gmail.com and if you have time please do take a look at 40 percent german.com where weekly articles are up every single saturday all that's left to say is herzlichen danken bis zum nächsten mal tschüss Adi! 